Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, marriage is a beautiful thing, and it's certainly worth celebrating. And so if you're one of the couples who submitted some photos and you didn't see yourself, don't sweat it. We had a lot of couples who did that. So praise God. We got a lot of wonderful married folks in the church. And so there will actually be four different videos. That's the first of them that will be showcasing. So you don't want, if you didn't see yourself up there, then be sure and make sure you, you don't miss a Sunday. So <laughs> yeah hook you in there. So we do appreciate, and it's been so neat being a part of this um, because it, it's, just, it's just stirred up a bunch of stuff. And so we you know, went digging through our photos and, and uh, we're able to go through a bunch of stuff and show our kids a, a bunch of photos that, that they hadn't seen in a long time, don't remember seeing some of them. And it's been neat uh, for, to watch on Facebook as people have been kind of changing their profile pictures and posting some, some memories and posting some stuff. And we really hope that this process kind of helps you to, to just reminisce and go back to that place, that place of first love. And this week, as we kick this off, this first Sunday, we've simply called this message, this, this first one, First Love. And if you notice, you've got your version app open. If you, we, I know we ran out of bulletins. Um, so you can follow along on Uversion. It's, a, it's, a, it's an app. If somebody's willing to give their bulletin up, if you've got two, you might want to see if somebody is stretching out and doesn't have one. So um, anyways, but with that, then the title we've called this is, is a, actually a sentence, First Love. It's First Love. That's the very first thing that we would, should be doing. And, and with that concept, we, we need to quickly remember that this this marriage idea this wasn't humanity's idea that God was the the first uh, father to bring the first bride to the first groom this was it was God who created man in the garden and said it is not good for man to be alone and uh, it was not a good it was not a good plan it was not good for it to just be man God created created woman and created them suitable for one another and, and presented that first bride and that first, to that first groom. This, this was God's idea. The, the New Testament refers to all of us who are Christ followers as the bride of Christ. And if we want to look at the depth of the relationship that we have as Christ followers, one of the best images we can look at is that of a, of a marriage and what it is supposed to be. And so as a church who looks at the scriptures to be our guide, well, then we also understand that our definition of marriage is that between a man and a woman, that that's what the scriptures say, and that's what we refer to. So for throughout this marriage series, that's our, our New Testament definition of, of a man and a wife. And so as we begin to look at this and, and track through this, then you just go ahead and we're going to look at this opening concept over and over and over again. As you know, last week, Brennan so politely aired all my business that um, I didn't know Jesus when we first met. I wasn't walking with him, we'll call it that. Um, and through that week when I met Brandon and I just watched how they could love the Lord and it didn't seem so weird that at the end of the week 
I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And at that moment, it started a whole new thing for us individually. Brandon was set, and he had said from the word go that he was only seeking the Lord. <clears throat> the Lord showed up in 5'3 and blonde. Praise you, Jesus. And so as he was here in San Angelo going to school, and I was back home in Odessa trying to figure out, we were both trying to figure out separately, what did this time look like? Neither one of us, we, I mean, we knew each other, but we weren't really, like, talking or, you know, really, I don't know, anyways, we weren't together yet. And so I was trying to figure out what my walk with the Lord was going to look like and what did this mean. And he was trying to figure out, even though he had walked with Jesus for a very long time, we all know that in your college years, when you begin to be an adult, it takes on a whole new aspect than when you were in youth. And so he was beginning, or he was working on that, and I was here working on my own, and together we became the people that we wanted to share what we were going through and what we had learned and what we had seen God do in that day, we became that for each other. We became best friends. I couldn't wait till it became midnight so I could call him. And it was cheap because they charged you back then. Long distance was expensive. <laughs> All you young kids, y'all get it for free. Y'all don't even use it. Y'all don't even talk. <laughs> Text one another. This is sad. You could talk for free. You can't hear each other sleeping if you're texting. That's, right. That's boring. She could hear me fall asleep on the other end of the line. <laughs> and so as we walked that out, we became more than just friends. We watched how God was doing the same thing in two lives so far away, molding us to become one. One of the first things we, we learned, and you see there in your bulletin, is that the, the love we have for each other must flow from the love that God has for us. That's the way, that's only, real love can only take place from a, from, a, from a place of receiving and flowing in the love that God has for us. Anytime we try to take it outside of that frame, it becomes something it was never meant to be. Let's look at 1 John 4, 19. We're going to spend a lot of time in 1 John 4 today, but we're going to jump down to get this meaty concept that we love because he first loved us. We love because of that, because he first loved us. He started this love thing. And when we try to hijack it and try to, to take it, we, become, we start to plagiarize. God's the author of love. And we try to love outside of him, all of a sudden it becomes, it becomes something it was never, ever, ever meant to be. And she had mentioned um, that there was, this, there was this, this thing on me that when God brought us together, I had made the decision that I was going full bore with God. I wasn't on the prowl for, for you know, Mrs. Clark. I wasn't out there looking for, for someone to date. I had my, my hands full on dealing with me and my relationship with God and me growing. And then all of a sudden, man, she comes along. This just little whirlwind of awesome comes into my life. And, 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 then, and I'm trying to pursue God. And then I feel my love for her 
growing so strong, so strong. And I was just, I just loved her. And I just, I just couldn't wait to be in her presence. And so I'd get a little bitty tiny window off. I'd get off work at 6 o'clock on 6 o'clock in the evening. Had to be at school at 8 at ASU the next morning. I'd drive to Odessa when the speed limit was 55. He didn't go 55. Nope. And I would go spend a couple of hours there, make it back to be on time for class. Because I just wanted, I just wanted to be in her presence. And then there became this tension that I had to seek God first and love him most. But then this awesome individual begins to, my heart begins to grow in love for her. And in my immaturity, that began to create some unnecessary tension. Okay? I wanted to bring some light to what I'm about to talk about. 1 John 4, 9 through 12. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Let's pause right there for a second. So many times we think, man, I found love because someone starts showing it to me. And that that's love. Love is when I finally find someone who will do that. No, it's, this, this is love. Not that we loved. Not that God found that all of a sudden we're showing him all this attention. No, he loved us on the front side. All of a sudden we, we were loved when we weren't loving back. God's showing us what it looks like. This is love. Love when love isn't even being given in return. And as we get into this marriage series, there will be some of you who are a little uncomfortable with this. Because some of you are, are stuck in in a frustrating marriage, or in a loveless marriage, or have had bad experience with marriage. But I want you to understand that as we look at this, then when we step into our, our, our one role, which is to love God and love others, and not try to harvest love out of other people, but to let it flow in and through us, then that begins to allow things to flow the way they're supposed to be. It says, and, and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. He took care of all of the junk. There was junk between us and God. There was mess, and it was our fault, and he took care of it. That's a beautiful marriage picture right there. If there's problems, even if it's the other person's man, you take the, the initiative to begin to, to atone and bring some life into that place. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another, and no one's ever seen God, but if we love one another. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. If we love one another, his love is made complete. There's this completion that begins to happen in our lives as we begin to love each other. And so I felt this tension because I just was loving her so much, and I felt like it was creating an issue with me and my relationship with God. And so in a place of insecurity and a little bit of spiritual pride, let's be honest. And so, that, you know, setting myself up as I'm the, I'm the spiritual head of this relationship. I got this thing together, woman. Yeah, that went over. That I would, I, would, I would tell her and I would say, man, I love you. I love you so much. But I love God more. But I love you. But I do love God more than you. And I would say that. I would say that. And it was like I was voicing this tension that somehow if I kind of if I loved her too much, it was distracting from my love for God. And, and 
And it was, it, was, it was unhealthy for me to feel that insecurity in my relationship with God that somehow loving a person can begin to distract from living in love with God. And that certainly didn't communicate to her what I needed it to communicate. And so as you can guess, that pretty much sank my boat. How could he love someone more than me? It wasn't the fact that it was God. It was that there was a place above me. There was something that he could actually look at me and say, I love you, but I love more. It's all I heard. It's all I heard. And in that, I began to look at God in a whole different way. I wasn't jealous of God and Brandon's love for God. It had to be there, and I knew it. But wow, did I want to kick him for saying it. How could you look at me? Look at me and say that. I don't say that. I love God more, but I didn't remind him all the time. It took me back. It wasn't so much about me holding God at a higher place. It was about me making sure she knew her place. That when it was all said and done, it was, <laughs> we're just being honest here. <laughs> and, and, and this is about something good, folks. This is about something good. You take any other, this is a relationship with God. Can you imagine when job starts to do that? And somebody, one of the spouse feels second place to the job? Or a group of friends, or a hobby, or some other interest. Oh my gosh, it, it's, it begins to do it. And, and I was, it was not so much about my declaration for a love of God. And I felt in this, in my insecurity, in my, in my, my immaturity, I felt this tension. Like I only had so much love to give, and I was just going to give most of it to God and, and the, the rest that I could to her. And I felt this place of of competing and my love for her did not compete with my love for God it actually according to this scripture completed my love for God it didn't compete with my love for God it completed it when we go back and we see that when you love one another God lives in us and his love is made complete in us the love that he was growing was not something that was destructive. It was something that I would need as a husband to be able to love her to a place that I'd be able to lay down myself for her. I tell young men on a regular basis, you know, they say they want to get married. And I say, well, are you ready to die? Amen. Because you have to be willing to put yourself aside. So many times we look and say, man, I'm going in this direction and I have all this list of stuff. And now here is this good looking package who can go along for the ride. No, no, no. It is a totally different thing. And so loving each other and living in a, in a loving spousal relationship and letting that love grow should be something we just, we just, let, the, let, just let it run. And, and understand God's the author of love, so as long as we're keeping him a part of it, he, as he builds the love we have for each other up, he's building the love that we have for God up as well. Man, this isn't something we have to put reins on. We are made complete in God's love 
not in the love of our spouse. You can see that some of us are anti-tech around here. I got my papers. Brian's got his iPad. He said, do you want an iPad? I was like, no, that's you. I'm paper. I got to have some paper and big, bold print. All right, so John 15, 9 through 12 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. On a particular day, after uh, we'd been married a little while, I don't know, a year or so, Kenan was born and little. he was oh, very brand new. And I'm an only child, and I wasn't raised with babies, and so I was in my own world trying to figure this out. Like, I really wanted to give him a cold bath because I didn't want to burn him in the shower. And Brennan was like, do you like cold baths? I was like, well, no. <laughs> he was like, well, neither is he. I was like, duh, hello. Anyway, so has nothing to do with this day, but that's where we were at. <clears throat> and Keenan, he's such a doll now, but he cried all the time. And I know newborns cry, but I'm talking a scream from about 5 in the evening till 7 in the morning. He no didn't problem. shut up. <laughs> he was colicky, and he was in pain, and we did everything we could. And the only thing the doctor said was, well, he just has to grow out of it. That's a long time. <laughs> and so I was at my wit's end, and being that I'm a very self-pronounced selfish person I was like I just want to sleep and he doesn't sleep and so when he slept I slept in our calendars our clock was all one way but Bran was so into his life and so last week he told y'all that like three months after we got married he was in the ministry and we were doing this together and I was trying to figure that out and then here comes Kenan and that kind of pushed me out of the picture because Again, he was so high maintenance. And <clears throat> so Brandon just kept going, and he was full bore. He, our path really did take a little jaunt this way, and Brandon was just full bore. He was still going. We were not slowing him down. We were not holding him back. And so one day he came home from work. Now, he went to school full time, and he was the janitor at our church, and he was the youth pastor. So that's a lot. But not enough. And he was doing school ministry at night, and he was doing ministry at night, and he was doing all this stuff. Boy, he had his schedule. And one day he came home from work, and I looked at him, and he knew it was over. And I said, if we had two cars, I'd be out of here. And he looked at me, and he said, come on. And I was like, no, you don't get to go. When I say I'm out of here, that means you stay. I'm leaving. And he grabbed Keenan, put him in his car seat, and carried him out. He said, come on. And he took us to our pastor's office. 
Nobody wants to go to their pastor's office when they just told their husband they were leaving. <laughs> How rude. That's the best time to go. <laughs> that door right there is open <laughs> if you need it. And so we had to come to a place where he so loved his life. And I decided that it was his job to figure out how I was going to love mine. Because to be real honest, I was very jealous. I was the one, let's be honest, women, I was still fat. I was no sleep. So you know those pictures of those women in those moo-moos with the crazy hair? That's what I think I looked like. I lost it. And he was over here just enjoying life, and everything's great, and everybody's wonderful, and you should have seen them. And I'm over here going, yeah, you're going to see something. <laughs> but life, our life had two different pictures, yeah. and we weren't, on, we weren't seeing the same thing. And I looked to him to find my to be complete. And what I needed to do was rely on my own relationship, the one that I had found with Jesus. Yeah, one of the, one of the biggest lies that pervades our society uh, about relationships is this lie that, you know, somebody finds the right person that, that you complete me. And the, the new, the, the scriptural context of that the two come together and they're made one if you have the wrong mindset about it, that all of a sudden you think that that's the case and that there are these, you, you re, watch the original Rocky movie and he says, Adrian, I got gaps and you got gaps. Together we ain't got gaps. <laughs> and so, and, um, and, uh, you know, and that sounds so romantic and sweet, uh, but, but, uh, okay. Sorry. The sentiment. And that somehow there's this place that all this stuff that isn't quite right in my life, if I find the right person, that now everything's going to be okay. When God's the only one that can complete you. God's the only one. Now, will she compliment me? Absolutely. But she doesn't complete me. She compliments me, and hopefully I compliment her. That we work well together. We say all the time that we're the same weird. We're, everybody's a little weird, folks. You're all a little weird. We all are. We're different. We have quirks. We're quirky. But thankfully, we're the same weird. And that makes it work. We, 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 things complement well together. And, we, and they, we connect. And so whenever she was looking for this place of it being my responsibility to complete her, to complete her joy, to complete her life. What was putting all this unnecessary strain? Now, I was not doing my part as an attentive husband. And I was, as a Christ follower, then so many times we can get the stuff of Christianity ahead of the heart of Christianity. And the stuff of Christianity works inside the heart of Christianity. So let's look at Romans 13.8. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Has fulfilled everything that's required. Everything that's needful, love fulfills it. And so as I was a young minister and, and coming along and excited about my opportunities and excited about my calling and excited about my things and I felt this obligation, this weight 
to, to, to be in everything and do everything and, and operate in this thing. And that it was her obligation as a good Christian wife to be understanding and forgiving and supportive. I was looking for her to complete me as much as she was sitting at home without a car, without anything, wishing I would come home and complete her. And it was not going anywhere. It wasn't going anywhere. See, the truth is, is that even in our earthly relationships, we must not let work substitute for love. We're talking about first love here. And so many times, marriages that kind of get some traction and get some years under them can easily fall into this place of routine and where you become really good life partners and not people who are really in love with one another. People who can divide the, the life chores fairly well. This person needs to be picked up. This bank deposit needs to be done. This needs to be paid. This needs to be done. And things begin to hit a rhythm. And somehow you call that marriage. But guess what? There in the garden, there were no bills to pay. There was no soccer practice to get the kids to. There was none of that. It was just everything was provided and just love. Just being connected and loving one another. We're going to read a passage in Revelation, and of all the New Testament scriptures, Revelation is the most mystical of all of them. And, and here, John the Revelator is getting a, a has a, a vision, and Jesus is, has a message to the angel of the church of Ephesus. Well, that angel can also be translated messenger. And so it's not that this winged creature of the church of Ephesus is getting rebuked. It's this minister this minister, this lead, church leader at the church of Ephesus is being spoken to and said, okay, this, is, this needs to take place. And he says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men and that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and you found them false. You've persevered and you've endured hardship for my name and you've not grown weary. This is Jesus. Talking to a minister. This would feel like, you know, from a normal thing, this is like the biggest high five ever. That Jesus says, you've endured hardship for me. And you've not grown weary. That sounds like, boom, yes. Doing it. I'm killing it as a minister. This is awesome. I've not put up with wickedness. I've done all this good stuff. I feel like this guy's just getting all these props from Jesus. But let's go on. Verse 4 says, yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. Somehow you turn this in. You've turned this into just a bunch of stuff to do. And you've done it and you've not grown tired of doing it. And you're not even grumbling about it. But you've just turned it into a bunch of stuff to do. You've forsaken that this is about loving me and me loving you. It says, remember the height from which you've fallen. You, you were at a place that I lifted you to. I lifted you up there in a place of love. And you have descended down basic to this basic low-level drudge work life? Repent, which means change your mind. And do the things that you did at the first. There are these things. That it, wasn't it ridiculous that there was a guy who would take a, a little short tiny window on a Sunday afternoon... Get off work and drive all the way to Odessa, Texas to spend a couple of hours and drive back 
that a year, year and a half into our marriage had that person right there next to him and would run in and have a six-minute window of opportunity, grab a quick bite to eat, and then say, I'll see you at the end of the night. What the heck happened to that man? What the heck happened? No wonder she was frustrated. No wonder she was hurt. That this Romeo that would drive all this way and take all this time just for this little tiny window of time won't even take the opportunity that's right there. I've fallen out of that first love. And it had to be recaptured and kept alive. We can slide back into this all the time. And and, and Cutie's going to read the same passage of scripture. But from maybe a, a frustrated spouse's perspective. Let's leave the original scripture up on the screen. Honey, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate things being messed up in our family. You have tested the stuff that claims to build us up, but is not. You have found them false. You have been faithful to me and have even endured hardships just for me. And you have not even grown tired of doing it. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love, me. Remember the height of your love for me, and now you just do things for me. Change your heart. Let's get back to the things we did when we first met. Now, when <clears throat> back when Brandon took me to the pastor's office, and I had to my own come to Jesus meeting, um, one of the things that I asked him, I said, I need to hear. Because, you see, Brandon is a very faithful man. And I knew he wasn't going anywhere. That our family was safe together. But I asked him, are you being faithful to your own word that you gave to me? Or are you being faithful to me? Do you love the fact that you gave your word? Or do you love me enough to make room for me again? You know, whenever she said that, it was like, you know, the, the first part of that deal feels like the high fives. You're faithful. You work hard. I see what you're doing. I know you're faithful. But when she's, she challenged me on that thing of, you know, are, are you, is this marriage just because you, you're going to stick to your word and you're just going to grind through this? Or do you love me? You know, and sometimes there's a place where everything's held together just because you're being honest to your word. You know what? And that is a foundation. That is a foundation is a good thing. But you go try to live when all that's been poured is a foundation. There's going to be some cold nights and some hot summers. You may have a foundation, but you don't have a home. And so to be able to build a home for a marriage, it takes more than just the foundation of faithfulness. It takes a place of love to be able to have a habitation. See, marriage is built and it is sustained on selfless love. 1 John 4, 16 through 17 says, And we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love, that habitation, lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. 
so that, <clears throat> so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Now let's think about what this world did to Jesus. This world rejected Jesus. This world mocked Jesus. This world nailed Jesus to a cross and took Jesus' life. Here as we're looking at this place of love, this isn't about I'm going to love so that I can harvest all of this love back into my life. And I'm in some sort of love economy. I give and I take love. No, this is where it's just poured out. It's just poured out. It's just given out of a selfless place. And so we have to understand in this world, people are going to take advantage of us. And sometimes that's our spouse. People aren't going to always appreciate us. And sometimes that's our spouse. Sometimes that's the people that are, we're in church with. Sometimes that's the people we're trying to do life with. These relationship things, they, they spill over. But we have to understand that it is, it's, it's bigger than that. It's living in a place of love. And we do that kind of love. God's love is made complete in us. Let's read Ephesians 5, 25 through 28. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle woo, and any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. See, this is about this genuine place of caring. That husbands are to love wives, love our spouses as God loved it and gave himself up. That it's a different paradigm, it's a different kind of thing. Now this morning, we have a, 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 a special moment today. We've got an awesome couple in our church who have become a part of our church, become a very vibrant part of our church. And, and you talk to the husband, and, and, and he'll be real honest about kind of where he was um, in his walk with God and his walk as a husband when he first began to connect as a Christ follower. And as he's grown and been a part and let God work in his life, his idea of what it means to be a husband and to be a father and to be a, a Christ follower, is, it changes, it's changed. And months ago, he came to me and he said, Pastor, the church has been such a big part of our life and such a part of our marriage becoming more. He said, I, I want would it be able to, for us to be able to renew our vows on a Sunday morning. And the place that, that is our family that's been so supportive. And I said, yeah. I said, let me be watchful. Let me be watchful. There'll be a time that it'll work perfect. So this morning, Bronson and Donna Jowers, it works perfectly. So if y'all could join us up here. Because the title of this series, and so everyone can get a good picture, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to, to do the blocking on this. So you can stay right here, and you can stay right here. You got cutie baby, you come over here. 
is that I still choose you. And there is nothing that declares I still choose you like a vow renewal, like a pl- something that says, <laughs> even over your phone, still choose her. And so, Bronson, will you take Donna's hands? And will you repeat after me? I, Bronson, take you, Donna, to be my wife, to be my wife, to have and to hold, to have and to hold, from this day forward, from this day forward, for better or for worse, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, to love and to cherish, until we're parted by death. Till we're parted by death. I still choose you. What? No. <laughs> I still choose you. I still choose you. And Donna, will you repeat after me? I, Donna. I, Donna. Take you, Bronson. Take you, Bronson. To be my husband. To be my husband. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better or worse. For better or worse. For richer or poorer. For richer or poorer. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. To love and to cherish. To love and to cherish. Until we are parted by death. Until we are parted by death. I still choose you. I still choose you. Woo! Bronson! You can kiss her! John 15, 12 says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other. Your closest other is your spouse. And as you begin to lean in and love, even when it hurts, even when they don't love you back, even when they're taking you for granted, I'm telling you, that's when the love of God begins to be completed in us. That's when it begins to show the most. Our bottom line today is you return to your first love by loving first. You just love. Begin to lean in and love again. Begin to do those things that you did at the beginning. Begin to date again. Begin to court again. Begin to leave little notes again. Begin to schedule time again. But just first love. The one thing that's going to be consistent through this whole month is the heart of God continually says, I still choose you. Each week at the end of the service, we're going to have a little something. I'm not going to call it an assignment because some of you are just not going to do it because of the word. So this week, what we decided was because it's our first love is that we want you to go back to those times. Go back to the pictures. Go back to the stories. I have an I love Brandon box. 
And I pull it out, and I'm going to be real honest. I saved the shirt that he was wearing when I met him. It may show up. I saved things that marked that moment. At the time, I didn't know what, it, what I was doing. I just wanted to hold it, just wanted to save it, because someday when I'm 80, I may need a memory. I don't know, but I felt I needed it. And so I have this big box that has all these notes and all these cards and all this stuff. And so I encourage you this week, Go back to that. I don't care if you've been married 45 years. Find it. Climb up in the attic and get it. Sometimes love needs some action put with it. It's Find your passion. Find those moments. Find those new beginnings. And look at each other and go through it. Reminisce. Be nostalgic. It's okay. Ladies, it's okay to let your guard down. Men, it's okay to not be so... Whatever, machismo, macho. Love each other through that. Encourage you. I encourage you. Get back to where you first started. It's so important. Yes. Absolutely. Well, this is here at the end of the service, and we, we closed with a concept that the Spirit of God is constantly saying, I still choose you. And maybe you're here, maybe you're here just because of the marriage part, and I, could, I think that's wonderful. But I want you to, to understand that God says he chooses you. And you have this opportunity at this moment to say, God, I choose you too. I understand that you were the one being the atoning sacrifice. You're the one fixing the sin between us. You were the one that dealing with my issues so that we could have a relationship. And I want to create just a quiet moment here and now. And this, this morning, if maybe if you're on the outside of this deal and you recognize that, that God's love is a giving kind of love. It's, not a, it's a love that's given when you don't even give it back. And, and here this morning, you're like, Brandon, I, I want that. I want that kind of love relationship with God. I want to say yes to him choosing me and I want to say I choose him too. And if that's you, I want you to just lift your hand and we want to pray with you real quick this morning. So if that's you, just, just own it. Awesome, awesome. Yes, yes. Yes, praise God, yes. Believers, lift your voice with these that are praying right now. Let's say together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for choosing me. That you've pursued me. To the point that you have fixed everything. There's nothing standing in between us. My sin is dealt with. My shame is dealt with. You took care of it. And I believe that. You were in Jesus. Making things right. Between us. I believe. That Jesus is enough. And I place my faith in that today. Today I'm your child. And you're my father. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.